Amen. Do you love Jesus this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. If you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24, uh, the, the end of that gospel. And the gospel means simply good news. Uh, it comes from the, the old English word for good news. And it is good news that Jesus Christ not only suffered and died um, at, on behalf of our sins, but also that He rose again. It's good news for us. And, uh, and, 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 and it, quite frankly, it, it should all evoke a, a glorious and wonderful response from us. I'm almost speechless this morning thinking about it. A glorious and wonderful response from us. What is that response today? Look at those verses there in Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 44. And it says this, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their mouths to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Let's pray. Lord, <clears throat> we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray and ask all these things. Amen. We're still in our series on um, the keys to revival. And, and I think that the, one of the responses that we should have um, to, re, to um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is repentance. And, and, and also repentance is key to revival. In fact, I would say a thorough repentance is what is needed. You know, people tend today tend to want their results without the hard work. And I think it's because we, we've lived in a nation of prosperity for so long. Um, the, the, the generation that comes up um, thinks things should be handed to them. And, and I, 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 I don't like making blank, blanket statements. Not all people are lazy and, and indolent. And, and, and just expect things to be handed to them. But, but I will say that, that, that there is a larger, larger portion of our country that, that, that is, um, has that mindset that they, they want things handed to them. They want things to be easy. They, they want the result without the hard work. They want the easy path to, to obtain what they want or what they need. M more and more they expect things to be just handed to them. You know, hence the call for free education, uh, for, for, for the government to do, you know, just, just forgive our student loans that, that we took out and are responsible for, and uh, how, how popular that was among younger people, how unpopular it was from those of us who paid our dues and, and paid off our loans <laughs> and when we went through college. It, it, it was hard work. Um, I, I, I was fortunate when I went to college um, for one, it was a lot cheaper than it is now. I mean, 100,000, 100, uh, you know, just about bought your whole education back then, back in the early 90s. But I went on full scholarship because I worked hard in high school. 
and, uh, and uh, that they were looking for teachers. And so I, I applied for the, te for the teaching fellow scholarship and got that. Um, now, when I went to seminary, it was a little bit harder. I had to, uh, uh, for the first part of my seminary, I, I, I worked uh, part-time jobs to help me pay my tuition um, while I was there at school and, um, and paid for room and board and those kinds of things. Um, but eventually, I did take out, take out a loan, which I had to work, you know, about five years to pay off. You know, nothing good comes without hard work. Now, think about Christianity for a minute. We, 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 we don't work for our salvation in, in, in the sense that, that we have to try to keep, keep um, up with, uh, with, with, with our good works and stuff. Um, God, God does not work, operate in a way where He keeps a divine scoreboard, um, marking our sins down and, and then crossing them off. Um, he, he doesn't have a scale where He uh, says, okay, here's the good over here, and here's the bad, and, and you hope that they, they weigh each other out. Um, that's not how God operates. God op what God did, He offered as a free gift of His grace. But in order to receive that, we have to repent of our sins. We have to change our ways. In other words, people in evangelical circles today in the church, they want the forgiveness of sins. They want the grace without the repentance that it takes. The turning away from, from, from sin. Um, Bonhoeffer, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was you know, a, a famous a German theologian who um, um, helped form the underground church um, in Germany during World War II. But he said that so many people want cheap grace. A grace that comes at no cost to us. A grace that comes without repentance. And repentance is what is needed today, especially in the light of Jesus' death and resurrection. There was no cheap grace. We need to repent of our sins. Jesus tells the disciples on this day, here He is standing before them, the evidence of His resurrection, the evidence of His death in His palms and in His feet and in His side, and uh, he, he shows them who He is, and, 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 and they believe in Him now, believe, believe in who He is, that He is alive. He stands before them and He tells them, These are the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about Me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled in Himself and in His body the whole Old Testament. He talks about Moses. He's talking about the first five books of Moses, the Torah, or what they called the law. He's talking about the prophets. The prophets wrote the history of Israel, and they also wrote their prophecies down so that people could see and know um, what, what, what their messages were from God. And then, of course, you have the Psalms, the poetry book, the great worship book of the Old Testament. It was the worship book of the early church as well. All of these things had predictions of who Christ was and who He is, and, 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 and they all pointed to Jesus Christ. But the content of, of what was in those books has to do with salvation. The whole Bible is about God undoing what happened in Genesis chapter 3. The fall of mankind into disobedience and corruption and, and to the separation from God. The whole rest of the Bible is about how God undid that terrible situation in humanity. The, the, their rejection of God, their turning away from Him, their disobedience, 
leading to the corruption of the whole world, and, and, and that's been the source of all evil since then, is it, it, how Adam and Eve's disobedience caused them to be separated from God. They were cut off from the source of life, which meant their physical death. They, 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 they lost their, their um, immortality. They, they, they lost it because of sin, and then sin corrupted their hearts so much that the rejection of God became worse and worse and worse. The whole rest of the Bible is about God undoing that terrible tragedy and bringing salvation to humanity. And it, and, and it all culminated with God Himself coming down in human flesh to dwell among us. He took on a human body specifically so that He could suffer and die under the curse of sin and death so that the power of sin and death would be broken forever and, that, and when He rose again, He put it all to rest. And said that, that, and he proclaimed a victory over the devil, over sin, over death, so that none of those things have any kind of hold on us anymore. Death cannot hold Jesus back. It doesn't and shouldn't hold us back if we believe in Him. I mean, all, all, all through the Old Testament, God showed them the plan of salvation. He showed them through the sacrifices that. Sin brought a curse upon people, and it was the curse of death. And, and, and not just their physical death, because they're mortal beings, but their spiritual separation from God would, would lead to an eternity of, of separation from Him, an eternity, an eternity of damnation in hell, a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, Jesus said. That was the condition that, that mankind was in. Through the sacrifices He taught them, that, that their sins had a price that needed to be paid. And those sacrifices um, were, were inefficient to, to do what needed to be done. They were just placeholders until God would bring a better sacrifice. And, 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 and you know, in, in the rituals that they went through, the person would come and they would lay their hands on, on, the, on the sacrifice as a symbol of their sins passing on to that sacrifice they sacrificed it on the altar. They, they uh, burned the entrails as incense to, to God. And, and, and through that, their sins would be atoned and, and God would be pleased um, with them. Now Jesus, you know, He does the same thing. He comes on the, on the scene. He has human flesh. He, he stepped down from His heavenly throne. He, he, he uh, surrendered Himself completely to the Father's will. He was um, fully God and fully man when He came. So he, he, he had his foot in both worlds, so to speak, uh, literally within himself. And, you know, he had to take on a human body so that, when, and we talked about this, you know, the Roman soldiers laying their hands on him, actually laying their fists on him, and, 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 and the temple guards laying their fists on him and, and beating him with, with the whip and then uh, grabbing him and, and uh, nailing him down to the cross. All of those were symbols of, of the sins of the world, you know, not just Israel, not, not just the Gentiles, but both laying their hands on, on Jesus as, as, as a passing on of their sins to Him. Je Jesus took all those sins upon Himself as, as a symbol of, of, of sin's destruction, of its unworking. When He died, sin died. 
All the sins of the world were taken away because of that. But when he rose again, he defeated death itself. He broke sin's power completely. He broke the devil's power over this world. And all those who come to Jesus Christ don't need to fear death. They don't need to fear the devil. He is a defeated enemy today because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus has fulfilled everything that was said in the Old Testament. God's entire salvation plan culminated in Him. And we should be grateful and, and we should be worshiping and we should be thankful for what God has done through, uh, to, for us through the Son, Jesus Christ, especially rec um, understanding that we didn't deserve it because of our disobedience to Him. And, you know, the world is still caught up in its corruption. The world is still caught up in its sin, not because of what um, God has done or hasn't done, but because um, human beings are still stubborn. Human beings are still holding on to, to uh, the, the, their past sinfulness. Human beings, um, you know, uh, the Bible says it, they, they love darkness. Our tendency is towards darkness. Our tendency is towards sin. You know, uh, too, many, uh, too many times Christians have um, developed a, a rosy view about evil. Yes, we are, we are to love people. And, 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 and we're to show love to people. But that does not discount the reality that, that there is evil in the world and that we need to be vigilant against it. Not only out there, the, 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 the evil that's happening out there in the world, but also vigilant against the possibility of our own hearts becoming corrupt again and becoming evil. Because we still live in a corrupt world and, and the stain of the world could still uh, get onto us it, if we allow it. If we allow it. Jesus suffered and died and rose again, not so that we can continue on in these kinds of sins, but that we would be free from them. That we, that we would be free completely from them. And so, one of our main reactions, and, 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 I, I, and I believe that, that we should be worshiping Jesus on His resurrection day, I believe that we should be giving Him glory. I believe that, that we, we you know, um, sh should, should love Him on this day. All, all the more in remembering Him because of what He's done. But we also must repent truthfully and honestly before the Lord. One of the things they did in the Old Testament um, in terms of repentance, and sometimes it became a symbol, I understand that, but, they, but they, they would rend their clothes and they would take ashes from a fire and pour them over their heads and, and sit in those ashes and, and weep and pray to the Lord in, in repentance. And I understand that that's an outward sign of repentance, but I'm beginning to wonder if, 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 if we don't need to kind of humble ourselves in the same way. The ashes remind, reminded them of, of the death that they deserved because of their sins and, and rending of the clothes and putting on this dark sackcloth of, for mourning, um, a symbol of mourning over their sins, and, and truly seeking the Lord, we need to bring that back, if nothing else, because we know that Jesus Christ suffered and died for my sins, and then rose again to free me from those sins. We need to do a thorough job of repenting. 
Not just, because, not, not just being sorry for what, for what happened in that one event. Not just being sorry I got caught. You know, there's, there's so many people today, so many politicians and movie stars and whatnot, when, when something comes out because um, uh, of the news and, and, and a newspaper exposes someone, it's only, <clears throat> it's only after then, um, after all that, that they admit their guilt and take any kind of blame or fault for it if they ever do take any kind of blame and fault for it. But it's a sorry that I got caught. Sorry, sorry that somebody found out what I was doing and, and called me on it. To me, that, that's not real repentance. That's just sorry that I got caught. What we need to do is, is, is examine ourselves, examine our own hearts now, and, and search ourselves and see, Lord, is there any, anything in me, in my heart and life, that I need to get rid of, that I need to repent of, that I need to turn over to you? Resurrection should lead to repentance. And you know, another word that resurrection is very, very close to is, is the word revival. <laughs> revival. To revive something means to bring back to life. Resurrection has more to do with with raising to a new life, but revival has, has to do with bringing something back to life. Very similar terms. Um, Christian resurrection means um, a transformation into a glorified form, but, but revival has to do with bringing something that, that is dead back, back to life. And sometimes in the Christian life, um, living in this world, that there, there's times that we drift away from God. There, there's times that, that we kind of regress, so to speak, in our Christian progress towards Him. There are times we find ourselves enjoying the world too much and not enjoying God so much. There's times that we even think God doesn't care, or God doesn't listen, or God doesn't care what I do. And we find ourselves falling back into those old patterns of living that we used to have before we came to Christ. And eventually we find ourselves um, stop listening to God's Holy Spirit, who, who He gives to us as a free gift, and, 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 and begin to drift away from Him back into sin, back into corruption. So much so that we don't even care about our own salvation anymore. And it's not so much that, that we lose our salvation... It's, it's more like we've turned away from our salvation and have rejected it. Sometimes we call it backsliding. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we get caught up in, in that. We, we, we drift away from our faith in God. We, we, we've grown cold to our relationship with God. We've grown cold to the things of God. We, we find ourselves dropping out of church and maybe staying at home. But it's because I think that we get caught up in, in, in the things of life and of this world. What we need to do is repent, ask Jesus to forgive us, come back into His, His good graces, and let Him revive our soul. You know, repentance, as I said, is not just about being sorry. It, it, it actually comes from a word... Metanoia, which means a change of mind. <laughs> the Greek word is metanoia, which means a change of mind. To turn around, 
to change one's path, to come back, to turn away from the path that we're on and take the new path that God has given us, to return to Him wholeheartedly. Not just saying, I'm sorry for my sins, but saying, I don't want to go back to those things anymore, Lord. I don't want to go back to them. It's sort of like saying, you know, I'm walking along the trail and I step in and, and happen to step in a pile of dog poo, you know, and, um, you know, and I wipe my feet off and I might go the other way, but a lot of times we go back right into the dog poop purposefully. <laughs> Not to be too crass, but that's kind, of what, that's kind of like what a lack of repentance is like. We want to get our feet dirty again. We, we, we don't care about the stink. What we need to do is do a thorough job of repenting where we change direction, we get away from that which is, is corrupt and evil and, and, and stinks in our lives. And God tells us exactly what those things are. We don't have to guess what they are. But revival, if we want revival, we need to repent thoroughly. The, the resurrection of Jesus Christ means that we don't want anything to do with the ugly things of this world which hurt and offend our Lord because He suffered and died such great and terrible things and then rose again to new life. The new life that, that He has is beautiful. The new life that He offers us is a beautiful thing. It's joy and peace and, 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 and a fellowship in, in, in God's Holy Spirit and, and which holds on to hope in His glorious kingdom. The resurrection is meant to fill us with hope and, and, and to fill us with joy and, and to thrill us. But, but, but the thing about, about the things of this world is that they, they give us a temporary pleasure, which, which is like a, a, a drug fix that goes away, and, and, and then you're all um, coming down off of it again, and you've got the shakes and, 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 the, and, and, and all those kinds of things, and when you come down, you, you're so depressed. But the eternal life of Jesus Christ is, is like a living well, Jesus says, welling up inside of us. Living, refreshing waters within. And yet we still want to roll around in the muck. <laughs> we, still, we still want to keep, keep uh, going back to the past. Because those things are comfortable to us. And they made us comfortable. Sometimes that they're even they were even pleasurable to us. But I can guarantee you that that pleasure was fleeting, and you had to keep going back to it to keep the ple keep having pleasure. If we want to see revival, we need to do a thorough job of repenting of our sins, of turning away, and not going back. How can we do that? Well, I think first of all, we need to ask God to search our hearts. God, search my heart and see if there's any evil within me. Invite Him to do a complete inspection of your life, a thorough evaluation. That, 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 that's something that you have to pray by faith and ask Him to do. God, search my heart and see if there be any wickedness within me. Be listening in prayer for a response. Sometimes um, we can get caught up in what we call a worldly sorrow. We feel bad about what we've done. But godly sorrow, it says, the scriptures tell us, leads to repentance and it leads to forgiveness and, and, and it leads to God's grace in our lives. 
So we need to be listening for God's response to us. Sometimes God, God will point out something in our lives that we need to receive forgiveness for, and we ask forgiveness, and, and we say, Lord, help me not to turn back to that. And then we hear from Him, well done, good, your, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus said that when He was here on this earth. The woman who came and washed His feet, Jesus encouraged her and said, your sins are forgiven you. God is ready to forgive us if, if we're ready to ask Him to search our hearts and show us, Lord, what we need to repent of. We need to let go also of every, every form of evil. Do not hold back from God either. Every form of evil that's out there that the Bible describes as evil, we need to let go of it. We need to let go of it. And we need not to hold back areas of our life from God. Don't let relationships keep you from serving God and, and from repenting of your sins. Don't let peer pressure pull you back. As adults, we have peer pressure, maybe not as strong as some of, the, some of our, our children do and grandchildren, but we, we do have peer pressure too. Don't let peer pressure pull you back in, into old sins. Be prepared even to end relationships that we know are keeping us from serving God that, that are going to lead us back into sin. If we want to see revival, we've got to do a thorough job of repentance. And sometimes it means letting people go who keep constantly trying to pull you back into evil. Resolve in ourselves not to go back into those sins. Not to go back into those things that God calls sin. Avoid the things that tempt you. And keep at it faithfully. Persevere through the temptations. Don't let them go back. I think the most important thing to realize too is that our repentance leads to release. Jesus suffered and died and then rose again to defeat sin in our lives. And if we have faith in Him, he has released us from those sins. Not only forgiven us, He's cleansed us of them. They're gone. And, and the devil has no more power over us. He is a toothless lion. The chains that held us in, in sin and corruption are broken because of what Jesus Christ did in His death and resurrection. The prison bars are flung open. And all we have to do is walk out of those prison bars. But some people still, still like living in the prison because, like I said, it's comfortable. But what Christ has done is that He has released us from those things, and we need to live in a way that we are released from them. Our sentence has been commuted. We're free to live as He would have us to live because He is the only reality, and He is the only source of life, and He is really ultimately the only source of joy and happiness in life. We are freed from the power of sin and death. So when we repent and come to Jesus Christ, it's only our will that's keeping us in check and in those sins. It's not, not Christ. It's our own will that does it. The prison doors are flung open, and all we've got to do is walk off, walk out. And now, 
Also, even death has no power for the believer. Fear of death has no power for the believer in Jesus Christ. Fear of death has no power over anyone who has repented and come to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. The power of death is done away with through Jesus Christ. So, so, so if we're asked to sin on pain of death, I, you know, we, we need to be ready to take death. If, if, if we're asked to recant our faith at gunpoint, death is nothing for the believer. Now, somebody said that's easier said than done. And some may say that that's, that point's never coming. And, and I can tell you um, here lately with, uh, with uh, you know, a lot of these people attacking churches and schools, a lot of them have held kids at gunpoint and told them to recant of their faith. That's part of the point. I'm not saying the government would ever do that. But it might. We need to be ready to, re, you know, to, to remember that death no longer has a hold on us either. And therefore there is no need to fear anything in serving God. We need to be emboldened in our faith. We need to be emboldened in our repentance. We need to turn away and let go of the things that, that are corrupting and ultimately don't matter. And will only sink us as far as our faith goes. Let's stand. let's pray. Lord, we know that there is a call in your resurrection to repent and have faith and trust in you because of the hope that you've given us. We know, Lord, that if we are holding on to sin in our life, we are holding back revival in our own lives, Lord, and in our church and in our community. Father, help us to confess our sins to seek repentance because we know the promise of Scripture is that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, help us to live in repentance, to not seek out just cheap grace, but God, help us to turn away from those things and surrender ourselves fully to your will and your way. Help us to live in the power of your resurrection today, Lord. Bless us as we go from here. Bless us as we go and have meals with our families and as we gather for whatever festivities we're involved in on this Easter Sunday. Bless all that we do, Lord. Bless all we say and do. Be with us, Father God. And help us, Lord, to remain faithful to you in all ways. Bless us, Lord, today. In your name I pray. Amen.